The portion of God's Word that we will focus our attention on for a few minutes this Christmas day comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. Can I, will I forget how love was born and burned its way into my heart, unasked, unforced, unearned, to die, to live, and not alone for me, to die, to live, And not alone for me. Amen. It's become our tradition. Twice a year, we give gifts to the people we love. Of course, Christmas and then birthdays. And if your house is anything like mine, there's usually some buildup to those days when gifts will be given and received. Kind of a funny story just a few days ago. One of my children, a a certain kindergartner, who will remain nameless, came up to her father and and said, Daddy, I have something I want for my birthday. I said, that's nice, Jetta. We'll talk about that in nine months. That's a a lot of time to get ready for a a birthday, right? That's a lot of time to to prepare to receive a a gift. It's kind of a, a funny story, but Christmas... Receiving gifts, giving gifts, birthdays, receiving gifts, giving gifts, it can really easily become about us. And, and that's kind of funny because what did I have to do with my birth? Nothing. <laughs> what, what did you have to do with your birth? Absolutely nothing. None of us have anything to do with our birth. And yet we're given gifts. Same thing's true with Christmas. What, what have you done? What have I done that we should get Christmas? That we should get God coming to save us? 
I heard recently that there's a family that, that has kind of flipped the script on birthdays. The kids give gifts to mom. <laughs> Maybe that's how it should be, right? The kids give gifts to the one who labored, to the one who endured the pain. But there is a reason we give gifts on birthdays. And there's a reason we give gifts on Christmas. Gifts are unasked, unforced, unearned. Just like the life that we received when we were born, just like the Son of God, given to us as a gift. Our sinful natures can take over at times, and we got to be on guard against the selfishness that could so easily surround Christmas and birthdays. But a gift, in its purest sense, is unasked, unforced, unearned, the lesser gifts we give are just like the greater gifts that we celebrate, the gift of life and the gift of our Savior. You could preach a, a thousand sermons on John chapter 1. Not one of them would be the same. These are deep, meaning-packed words that are just full of beauty. There is so much in here. For our purposes today, we're going to focus on verses 10 to 14. So if you'd like to open up your worship folders, uh, but before we get to, to verses 10 to 14, a very brief summary of what's happening in verses 1 to 9. There's, there's really three main points. God created all life. Mankind fell into sin, darkness. And God sent light, shining in the darkness, redemption, salvation for mankind. It's, it's those three points, that God is the reason that we have life. And that sin entered the world and, and darkness with it, darkness in the world and darkness in our own hearts, but that God had promised and sent light, salvation, into the world. But then John reveals the, the real root of this problem of darkness. Take a listen in verses 10 and 11. Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. You see, the darkness that sin has brought into our hearts and into the world around us, it is so thick that when the Savior is here, we, we on our own can't, can't see him. We have no idea who he is. He made us, and yet he comes among us, and we don't even recognize him at all. It's it's uh, an interesting thing that, that then John continues to say, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so there's this contrast between those who don't receive him and those who do receive him. And many, many Christians have taken that to believe that you need to do something to receive him. Because you're either going to be the one that doesn't receive him or you're going to be the one that does receive him. So, you better get to the work of receiving so that you can have the gift of being called a child of God. It's actually a concept that is so ingrained in our sinful nature that you even see it in our American Christmas culture. I'm not going to sing it, but you know the song about the all-knowing Santa Claus, right? The one who knows who's naughty and nice and who's got the lists who's marking down all the things that you've done all year long and you don't want to find yourself on the naughty list come early December when Santa makes his final cuts 
It's this idea that if you're a good little boy or a good little girl, that you're going to get Christmas presents. But if you're naughty, you're only going to get coal in your, your stocking. But it's a flawed concept to begin with. It cheapens gifts and what they are. It acts like you can actually earn a gift. But if you could earn a gift, then a gift would no longer be a gift, would it? Gifts are unasked, unforced, unearned. They're never earned. That's the problem with our sinful hearts. Our sinful hearts think that there's something we could do to receive Jesus into our lives, that there's something we need to do to believe in him and and earn salvation. That couldn't be further from the truth. The the epistle to the Romans is a beautiful, beautiful letter written to a, a, a group of Christians living in Rome, as the name suggests. But, but in Rome, there were Christians who had a Jewish background and there were Christians who had a Greek-Roman background. And there was a, a bit of a conflict between these groups. <clears throat> Some had thought that they actually deserved God's love because they were the right kind of people, born into the, the right kind of family. Descendants of Abraham himself, that there was something in them that made God love them. And the Apostle Paul destroys this argument by pointing to Abraham, the ancestor of the Jewish people. He basically is saying, why did Abraham inherit heaven? Why was he given eternal life? Was it something he did or was it something he was given? Take a listen. Now to the one who works... Wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. And if you've ever earned a dollar in your life, you know this. If your boss came up to you and gave you a a paycheck, something that you had worked for, for weeks, for a month, gave you a paycheck in your hand and said, here, I got a gift for you, you'd laugh in your boss's face. What are you talking about? You got a gift for me. I earned this. I earned every cent of it. I slaved away for you. And you're going to come to me and tell me this is a gift? No, I earned it. You're obliged to pay me. But then if that same boss were to walk up to you and hand you a second check, one that you did not expect, for 10 grand, because your boss so appreciates everything that you do to support the company. Now there is something unasked, unforced, and unearned. There is a gift. You see, there's this difference between a wage and a gift. He goes on. He says, however, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. You see, this is why it is such good news on Christmas to hear about this gift of God. Our sinful nature thinks that there's something we could do to to work to earn God's love, to earn his favor. But as Paul picks up later in Romans chapter 6, he reminds us the only thing we earn in this life is sin and death. The only thing we're capable of doing on our own is evil and wickedness. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Paul continues to say, the wages of sin is death. We earn death. But the gift of God, it's eternal life. 
It's what makes the concept of a gift so beautiful. Whether it's on your birthday, a day that you had nothing to do with, where someone who loves you, maybe even the very mother who gave birth to you, hands you a gift that you did not earn, that you did not deserve, it reflects the life that was given to you unearned, undeserved. And same thing here in our text. Did you catch what was said? Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave. He gave the right to become children of God. You see, God is the one who gave you the gift of Jesus, but the gift of Jesus means you have another gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's the fact that you are now a child of God. It's your right. You have the authority to say, I am God's daughter. I am God's son. You know, I I open by, by talking about how we have nothing to do with our own birth. Well, Jesus is the one who could say otherwise. Jesus was not born of a husband's will. He was not born because Joseph decided that he wanted to to sleep with Mary a little bit before the wedding day. No, Jesus was born because God wanted to be born. Did you hear verse 14? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God wanted to be born. The reason Mary became pregnant was not because of anything she had done. It was not because of anything a man had done. It was because of something God had done. Jesus was as much a gift for Mary as he is for you and me. God was born. He was born so that he could save you and me. He became a real human. As we heard in our absolution this morning, born under law to receive those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Jesus was born to redeem you that you and I could become sons and daughters of God himself. It's interesting, Mary's not mentioned at all in John chapter 1. This is the one time when the woman really didn't have anything to do with the birth of the son. It was God's gift to her, and God's gift to you, and God's gift to me. And because of this gift, God has given you the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of, a human, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Had an awesome gift this week, as you all know. Little Joseph George was born just a few days ago. What a Christmas present. But you got to see an even greater gift that we received again from God. Not just the life of a new son, but a son now born of God. As water was poured on his head and the word of God was spoken, little Joseph was born, born again. Not because of something I did, but because of something God did. He is now born of God, a child of God himself, all because God was born born to save you, born to save me, and born to save him. 
And baptism is not just a gift for him. It's not just a gift for me. It's, it's a gift for you too. And it's not like the gifts you receive when you're a kindergartner who opens a present and then maybe 10, 15 minutes later forgets what they got and it's over in the corner with the wrapping paper and, and maybe they never even play with it again. It's not like that kind of gift. Your baptism is a gift that sticks with you every single day of your life. Whether you were baptized today like Joseph or, or many, many decades ago or somewhere in between, at your baptism, God said to you, you are mine. You've been born of God. Born his own son, his own daughter, holy and dearly loved, clothed in the robe of righteousness that Jesus himself won for you. Why is Christmas important? Why do we celebrate Christmas with the giving of gifts? Same reason we celebrate birthdays with the giving of gifts. Just like the gifts we receive at our birthday, those lesser gifts remind us of the greater gift of life that we receive from our God. The gifts that we give and receive at Christmas are just the lesser gifts that remind us of the greatest gift ever, Jesus, the Son of God, a gift that keeps on giving, that guarantees you that you've been born born of God. May this be the heart and soul of your Christmas celebration this year. The celebration of the greatest gift ever given, a gift that keeps on giving every single day of your life. Peace be with you, baptized children of God. Merry Christmas. Amen.